everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good, because He is faithful and good. Think about it, 2020 has turned many of our lives upside down, so who couldn't use a major dose of hope? I'd like to ask you to share this podcast with friends or on your social media outlets and perhaps review it on Apple so others will find this podcast easily. Every Wednesday, I'll be chatting with a friend who I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 8.28 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and sprinkled in along the way will be additional Romans 8.28 stories from our She Writes For Him boot camp graduates and others the Lord brings my way. So let's get started. Well, okay, we are doing something a little out of the norm today, which I am super excited about. Since we're having our team retreat, we have all of the significant players in the She Writes For Him leadership team here with us at the retreat. And so I wanted to give all of you a little insight into each person on the team and how God has worked good out of pain and just shown himself faithful in their lives. So um, I would like to start today with Shelly Brown, who is kind of the behind the scenes person at the She Writes For Him events that we do. Um, so I, I think it's appropriate to have her actually go first and be a lead in this conversation today. Um, so Shelly, first of all, welcome to the All Things Podcast. Oh, thank you, Athena. I'm so excited to be here and to be a part of this retreat and to be able to share on your podcast. Yeah, I'm thank excited. You. So, you know, you've gone through a ton and you know, so there's probably multiple, multiple Romans 8.28 moments mm -hmm. in your life. Yeah. But I would just love for you to share, you know, what you feel the Lord is asking you to share that will just give our listeners some hope, mm -hmm. some insight into your life, and just how God has worked so many things together for good. Because you love Him and you're called according to His purpose. That's right. And that is the promise in that verse, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that He will turn everything together for good. Um, doesn't mean everything is good, right? That's right. But, um, for those who love Him. Yeah, so I, I was a very broken and wounded um, girl. I had endured a lifetime of um, loss, uh, rejection, abandonment, abuse, but before I turned 12. And um, I remember in my teen years, uh, and really into my early adult years as well, as I was growing in the Lord, uh, I was a believer, I came to know the Lord at an earlier age, but as I was growing, I remember when I would share with, um, with other women, precious women in my life, godly women, uh, some of my past and some of my hurt, and I was 
almost always met with those well-meaning answers and responses, but really religious responses of, Shelly, you just need to trust the Lord. You know, I'd be like, I know, but how? You know, um, Shelly, you need to forget what's behind, look forward. You know, and then, of course, the Shelly, all things work together for good, right? right? And I just, my spirit wasn't ready to receive that yet because I was so wounded. I was still hurting because all I knew is I was just hurting. And um, so I didn't know how to get to that place of uh, receiving that, yes, God is going to turn everything, you know, and work everything together for my good. But it wasn't until um, about 12 years ago that my world, when it just it imploded and exploded, mm. and the Lord began to take me through a journey that um, I lost 95% of everything. Um, I lost my marriage of 21 years. I lost my church of 33 years. I lost relationships, lifelong relationships, lost... Uh, probably 95% of my belongings, the only thing that I really came out of it with was, and I got the better end of the deal, was my three children. Mm. And so, but what that did, it was, um, took me through an, just a wilderness journey of, that I would never have experienced where I am today um, had I not gone through that wilderness journey. And I remember one, I was about two years into this, about 10 years ago, I remember literally face down on my bedroom floor. I made a makeshift altar on my floor and I'm crying into my pillow and my, actually my Bible is open and I'm crying into Psalm 31 and just pour my heart out to the Lord and I said, okay, Lord. I said, take me through whatever you have to, but whatever you do, do not let me be the same woman I am today when I get through mm. this journey. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I, and I, it, the worst had not even begun to happen yet, but I was so broken in that moment and I was so desperate for him. And um, so I had no idea what was in store over these next 10 years. And the ten, next 10 years that ensued was what I just described, where I lost everything. And he brought me to this place of, um, of healing. Of, it exposed, the suffering exposed the brokenness that I had in my life. And I want to tell you, I wasn't broken, because I don't believe we as believers are broken, but we have a lot of brokenness in us. And right. I had a lot of brokenness and pain that I had never been tended to. And it took me into my early 40s before I was able to come to that place of, um, of being able to uh, receive his healing. And so really to sum it up, because I know our time is short with this, but to sum it up, um, as I was coming out of it, out of part of this wilderness journey, because I really am still in the journey, right? Mm -hmm. I, um, and I, I, but the Lord gave me just some insight of what that wilderness journey looks like. And as I'm coming out of that, um, out of that journey, I want to read it to you um, right now. It's, it's called The Wilderness. Uh, it's the place God allures us, the place where he speaks to us in our pain. He comforts us. It's the place where we are refined, pressed, molded, conformed more and more into his image. It's the place where we see his daily provision, manna. Just enough for that day, no more, no less. It's the place where we find ourselves empty, emptying of our own wills and desires, crying. The place where we find ourselves prostrate on our floor, crying out to God because we know that he alone is our comfort, our defender, our counselor. It's the place we see our Red Sea part so we can walk through on dry ground, confident that the waters will not overtake us. Repentance. It's the place where in our human frailty, we find ourselves occasionally forgetting the seemingly unforgettable moments of his supernatural faithfulness. It's the place where we run back into his arms in repentance, confessing our doubts 
and unbelief. Yes, the wilderness is the place he allures us to, the place where we know that he holds our hearts in his hands, gently molding, yet firmly pressing us until our broken hearts are made whole and pointed toward him. Bitterness, it's the place where the bitter waters of our soul are healed, turned into sweet, refreshing waters, quenching the longing and unmet desires, an unending spring of healing, hope, and grace. Changed, it's the place where we are forever changed, the place where our pain is proven to have purpose, the place where his light shines in the darkness, revealing to us his truth, where his spirit dwells, and we grow to know him, not just as our maker, but as our husband who meets our every need. A new song is the place where hope becomes our song, the place where he replaces our spirit of heaviness with the garment of praise. It's the place where we see his glory rising from the ashes now turned into beauty. The promised land is the place where we are made whole and set free, free to love, free from condemnation and shame. The place where his spirit is released in us so we can be who he created us to be bringing him glory as we walk in who we are in Christ and in his purpose. Yes, the wilderness, forever transformed and free. Mm, that's powerful. And you know, I think we tend to resist the wilderness yes, because do. it's 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 painful, yeah. but it's necessary. It is. And that's where probably he does his best work. It is. So yes. those of you out there listening, don't be afraid when he takes you through the wilderness mm -hmm. because he is going to do a good work there. Yes. And, and if I could just say one more quick yeah. thing, I went, that prayer that I prayed. Don't let me come out and be the same. <laughs> there is not one part of me that resembles that woman that was on that floor 10 years ago. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, he loves to answer those kinds of prayers. He does, and he is yeah. faithful to do it, and I just have so enjoyed having you on the She Writes mm -hmm. for Him team, the leadership team, and just the way God brought you mm -hmm. to Redemption Press and to yes. work with us, and it's just been a huge, huge blessing. Thank you, and it's been a gift for me. So grateful. Thank you. Amen. Amen. All right, so next up is our managing editor, Dory Harrell, and she has been such an integral part of the She Writes For Him leadership team and the boot camp and all that we've done to train authors or potential authors on how to tell their stories. But I would love for you to just get a little glimpse into who Dory is and how God has worked things together for good in her life because she does love him and is called according to his purposes. So Dory, welcome to the All Things Podcast. Thanks, my first time. I'm excited to join everybody today. Yeah, well, I know God has done many Romans 828 moments in your life. So I would just love for you to share whatever story you feel like will encourage those who are listening today. I have a story that maybe some of you will identify with. 
So if you've been in the boot camp, you may have heard me use this term, but I suffer from something called imposter syndrome. And real quickly, imposter syndrome is a feeling that you have inside that you're a fraud. And it even goes one step further, that you're a fraud who's about to be exposed at any minute. So it's different in an insecurity in that it has that extra element of that you feel like you're going to be exposed. So is that a fear element that comes into play? Yes, you're, okay. you're afraid. If you open your mouth or show yourself that you're going to be exposed for the fraud that you really are. And highly successful and high achieving creative people are afflicted with this in large numbers even. Wow. Uh, it generally applies to women. I didn't even know what it was called until a couple years ago. I didn't wow. know that anybody else felt like I did until two years ago. Well, what's so amazing is that you are the antithesis of that. You are creative, you're talented, you are great at what you do, you win awards, you are recognized in the industry, but still, that haunts you. Right, it doesn't go away. I'm one who believes that imposter syndrome can't be overcome. So my philosophy regarding imposter syndrome is to learn to manage it and to make it work for you instead of against you. Mm. And so let me tell you a little bit how it manifests in my life. Uh, many of you know I've been writing for maybe 25, 30 years now. And, but I never believed that I could be a writer. I just wanted to be a writer. I didn't believe anybody could pay me to write. And I, but I did. I still did it. That was always my dream. And I got a degree in journalism and political science. I went to work for newspapers. And they would want me to enter the awards contest. And I suffer from imposter syndrome. I would not enter these contests. I didn't believe journalists should even receive awards for writing. We're serving our communities. That's what we do. So my whole point is this, is you don't know what God's going to take in your life today and use for your future. And I would fight him on this awards issue and I would have publishers enter my articles behind my back because for the newspapers it's very important they want their journalists to win awards and I would go round and round resisting them on this so they would start entering stuff behind my back or threatening that if I wanted to stay working for them I had to enter the awards list so but as suffering from imposter syndrome I like, I'm not gonna win. Why should I enter? Everybody's a better writer than I am, even though I had a good job at a good newspaper. We're talking the Seattle Times. Wow. Right? I still believed that I did I should never be the one to enter because how could I win? And then I would literally be exposed for the fraud that I really was mm. once I entered those contests. So they were entered behind my back or I was forced to enter them. So through that process of working for the newspapers, I won four writing awards because they made me 
do it. Later in life, 15 years later, you fast forward, I'm hanging out a shingle as an editor and a freelance writer. And you know what I get to put on my website? And now that I have to learn how to market myself, you know what I get to say? I get to say I'm a multiple award winning writer. Mm-hmm. But I fought what I really feel like I fought God in this. Mm -hmm. What he knew I was going to need for my future, what he was going to use for my good, I saw at the time as not a good part in my life. I felt it would be my down bringing as soon as it was exposed, as soon as I was exposed for the fraud I really was. Mm. So I fought him on what good he knew I was going to need for my future. And he was saying, you're not a fraud, so I'm going to prove it to you. So, <laughs> Yeah, and, and he does it. He is one of the ways I recommend managing imposter syndrome now is, first of all, recognizing what that is and start at the top. Take it to God for confirmation in your writing that you are doing what he wants you to do. He won't confirm everyone. Mm -hmm. Some people want to do it that it is not his direction for them. But take it to him, and if you get that confirmation from him, keep moving forward. But seek him instead of someone else first for that confirmation in your life. And when you do that, you can move forward with a lot more assurance. I'm not saying that it takes the imposter syndrome away but I'm saying that at least you have his assurance moving forward. So I have learned to manage the imposter syndrome and to make the imposter syndrome work for me and to recognize that I might be resisting something that God intends to use in my future. And so it gives me a different view when I'm weighing options and opportunities that I would otherwise absolutely flat turn down because I'm going to be exposed at any minute. Well, I love how he uses that for good. I mean, he's allowed that to happen in your life so that you can grow and know that he's called you to do this and get that confirmation from him and let it work for you. See, I've never heard anyone talk about kind of a, a, a mental challenge where, where we're thinking some way that's not the truth to actually take that and make it work for you instead of against you that's brilliant I love that all right and so I have I, I speak on this topic at writers and editors conferences and of course when I was asked to speak at the first writers and editors conference I turned it down five times and they came back and asked me a sixth time <laughs> and I said I don't know how I can't think of anything to talk about I can't think of any workshop I could teach because everybody else could teach a workshop better than I could right God does you do not know what you're in what's in your future you do not know what you know that could change someone else's life yeah. so the only thing I knew how to speak about was imposter syndrome because I had already learned steps in my own life that when I was asked to speak at this conference. 
And so I submitted it, knowing they weren't going to take it, so I wasn't going to have to speak at the conference anyway. Ha, ha, ha. Exactly. <laughs> so they did accept my imposter syndrome workshop. And I showed up at that conference, and I met a woman. And we're just talking. And she said, oh, you're teaching that imposter syndrome workshop. And here's what she told me. She said, I am here just for that workshop. I signed up for this conference just for that workshop. Here's what she said. She said, I didn't know there was a name for what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that anyone else felt the same way as I did. I thought I was the only one. Just what the enemy wants us to think. We're the only one, so we should never talk about it. And then it never gets resolved. Wow. And that's the way I felt too. I didn't know anyone else in the whole world suffered from this or felt like this. Hmm. When I discovered that there was a name for it and that I wasn't the only one, I didn't know either. Well, what's so cool is just what a Romans 8.28 that is. Because here's this painful thing in your life that God allows you to go through, teaches you through, and then turns it into something that not only helps you be better at what you do, but helps other people. I That is like the epitome of Romans 8.28. <laughs> And you'll if you suffer from imposter syndrome like I do, you will continue to resist, but you will view your opportunities differently. You will realize that this is your imposter syndrome, and you'll move forward when you might have otherwise turned it down. But if you if it if you feel like I feel like it's worth investigating a little bit more and learning about it, and emailing Athena and saying, hey, could Dory give some of her tips for overcoming imposter syndrome or where she's speaking next on this topic? Because it it's life-changing when you realize that you don't have to overcome it, that you can do something with it and make it work for you. Mm, I love that. Well, my friend, thank you so much for spending a few minutes here at this amazing team retreat where all the people with all the creative energy that, that makes up Redemption Press, where we're all together in this house, and it's just been a blessing. So I, I'm so thankful we got to do this and have our listeners hear your story. And thank you for listening to my story because it's hard to believe for me that anyone would. Well, girl, be surprised because I think this is going to open even more doors for you to teach on this topic. And it's an important one to address, especially for writers. Woo! All right. Thank you, everyone. Signing off. All right. Well, we are back with the third team member of the She Writes For Him leadership team, Andy Tomasi, who is also the uh, Director of Acquisitions for Redemption Press. Uh, she's an author for Redemption Press, and she is my friend, which I value more than she probably knows. So, Andy, here we are at this amazing retreat center doing this fun 
leadership retreat and plans for 2021 and just bonding and having girl time, sleepover, yes. pillow, uh, you know, pajama parties. Yes, <laughs> yes. But I, you know, and and our listeners, many of them have heard from you before, but I would just like for them to hear something very current that God is doing and showing you how he is working together for good in because you love him and you're called according to his purposes. Yes, absolutely. We all are. Yep. Absolutely. So, you know, um, I am walking through uh, probably one of the most difficult um, times in my life, going from, you know, married to singleness after 32 years. Um, definitely not what I wanted, not what I thought my life would be. Um, but as it is the most, um, I don't want to say scariest, but it's just the unknown, right? Like, I don't know what it means to not be a wife anymore. You know, I don't know what that looks like. But he has been so faithful, um, specifically over the last two or three weeks as we're um, navigating, putting our home for sale and making the transition to another state to be closer to our kids and our grandkids. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of uneasiness because I like to know what's going on, <laughs> as a lot of people do. But um, honestly, I had a few friends ask me over the last month or two, what are your plans? What, what are you going to do? And um, it was so just uplifting and free. I felt free to say, I don't have any plans. Mm. I don't have any. I don't know. And it, for the first time in my life, I was okay with not knowing mm. because God does. And I know he's going to take care of me. And his, his best is always going to be what is going to happen when I say, God, you just show me where to go. You want me to go to the left? I'll turn left. If you want me to go to the right, turn right. If you just want me to stay put and not do anything, then I'm going to stay here, even if I don't want to. <laughs> even if I go kicking and screaming, I mean, we don't have to like it, but it's all in the obedience that um, we're trusting that he knows what's best for us way before we do. Yeah. And it's just so, you know, when we're going through times like this, where we don't know what the future holds and we don't know what it's going to look like and it's awkward because it's we're, we're out of our comfort zone yes. that is such a great opportunity to up our trust level and right. be able to see how much he loves you and right. how much you can trust him right right he's growing i mean in this season he's absolutely growing my faith I mean, absolutely growing my faith to show me. I mean, we know God's faithful. We know he's always there. But I think sometimes in, actually, I know sometimes when he, you're walking through these hard times, it's like he's going to specifically show you, maybe in a way only you understand that he's there. Like his little, like we call it a kiss from Jesus, like on your cheek. So just a few examples. Um, earlier this week, I had a very large check show up in my mailbox of a refund I was not even expecting, which gave me the funds to do my driveway and get it finished before I put it on the market. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do with my dog. Um, I couldn't take her with me. And so God just provided a family friend that had put a dog down the day before. Same breed, three young kids, and they came and picked her up the next day. Now she's with a at least now I know what's going to happen to her. I think that was what gave me so much angst is like, 
I don't ever know what's going to happen to her. Are they treating her right? You know, that kind of thing, right? Um, so now I know she's in a... And she, they only live 20 minutes from my parents, so I'll be able to see her. Um, you know, just uh, my realtor was over, and I said, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to take this bunk bed apart. I, I, don't, I don't even know where the screws... How am I going to take this down and get it into the pot? And um, he says, you know, Andrea, I'll have some of my movers come on Thursday. I'll just pay for it. And they were there. They took out all of the heavy furniture and moved it out for me because, you know, my boys are states away. So I don't have anybody there anymore to help (laughs) lift things. And, you know, it's just me. Um, And so he's just showing me over and over and over and over that I got this. Like, it's almost like as soon as the worry comes in, it's like it's already lined up. It's already done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's already it's already taken care of. I wanted to share with you um, just really quickly. I, there's an app on my phone that's called um, Daughters of the King Daily Devotionals. And just so you know, they also have one called Sons of the King mm-hmm. for guys too, or your or your kids if you'd like to share. Um, but I wanted to read it if I could. Um, so it says Romans eight fourteen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And this is what Mine was for this morning, which came at, it doesn't always come at the perfect time, right? So it says, to shift is to change, to alter, to transfer from one place or position to another. God is shifting, changing, altering, and transferring you from one place to another. He is shifting you into new areas of leadership, influence, and power. He is moving by his spirit, and it's important that you move with him and let him have his way. Hello. Literally, Andrea. Oh my this gosh! Is for you. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let him take you from where you are to where he has purposed you to be. Mm. All the information and entail you need is waiting for you there. You may ask, Lord, how will I know how to operate in this new position? And for me, it's of singleness, right? right. How will I know what to say? How will I know how to do anything? And he told me to tell you the details are waiting for you there. Mm. Everything you need to know is waiting for you in the new place he will bring you to. As you let him shift you, you will see him transfer intelligence and resources to you. You'll do just fine. You will watch God be glorified like you have never seen. Mm. I am going to literally write that, I think, on every mirror. Yeah. (laughs) Just to remind myself that, you know, I don't have to have it all figured out to move forward. No. Because it's in the process and in the journey that he's growing our faith. And honestly, this side of heaven, we're never going to have it figured out, right? Right. I mean, there's going to be answers that we will never have, you know, questions that we will never have answers to this side of heaven. And, you know, I feel like I finally come to a place in my life at 52, almost 52, that I'm okay with that. Yeah. And he's asking you to take a step without knowing. Right. And that's faith. Right. You know? Right. It's like, okay, as long as God is beside you and he's holding your hand and you're walking into this new place in your life, you don't have to know everything. Yeah. We, he doesn't want us to be control freaks where we have to micromanage everything. We have to take that step right, of faith. Right. And Athena, the thing too with that is that's why I feel like he shows us little by little because if he told us everything, 
If, we, if he gave us the answers to everything, we wouldn't need faith. Exactly. We wouldn't need it. We'd have the, oh, well, I know why he's doing this, and I know this is going to happen, and I, we wouldn't need it. There would be no reason to trust him if we knew. Mm-hmm. Um, not only has God, you know, brought people and just helping this move, but, you know, I have an extraordinary, um, tri- amazing tribe of women um, in my family that have rallied around me. My brother-in-law had called last week and said, hey, Andy, um, what are you doing on Wednesday? And I'm like, uh, I'll just be home. He goes, well, I'm going to show up with my truck and my trailer, and I'm going to take all your stuff to the dump for you. Loaded it up, took time away from his work. Because, again, I don't have men here to help me right. you know, do anything. Um, and my brother, uh, just as I was here you know, this week, um, hey, sis, just wanted to call and tell you that I just wanted to text you to tell you that I love you. Um, my sister coming over after working a full-time job just for a few hours and helping me pack a few boxes, drive an hour one way and an hour back home. Um, friends that, you know, they know me that I um, isolate and kind of shut down. If you don't see me on social media or you don't hear from me in a week, they're like, hey, Andy, uh, I haven't heard from you, and I'm coming over to pick you up, and we're going to breakfast. Mm, um, and just so the family of Redemption Press, and you and I were talking about this yesterday of, you know, God has, it is, it is such a blessing to work for a company that I feel like, I mean, literally a family, like literally, you know, I've lived in California my whole life and it's, it's a lot of loss, just my home, my marriage, um, even though I'm going to be by my children and leaving my church of 43 years mm. and leaving my, my friends of 35, 40 years from high school here my family, my parents, my brother, my sister, and you you really just helped me understand last night when we spoke that God has given me a Redemption Press family that I'm able to work from home and I could take it with me. Yeah. I could take it with me. You know, um, losing my a really good friend of mine last week who battled, battled cancer for three years and finally lost her battle. You know, I, I come home and I have this beautiful which is, somebody must have told you yellow roses are my favorite. But um, a beautiful bouquet and an amazing card that just said, you know, we love you and we're thinking about you from your girls in Washington. And it just, um, it's that. It's the little things like that that God is just reminding me that, you know, not only is he going to be there to help me, but he's going he's gonna to let me see Jesus and everyone else that he puts around me too. Hey. Mm. Eh? Men, I'm getting a little weepy here. <laughs> Away. Woo. Well, he is always at work. And, he is. you know, it's, it's just such a privilege to be able to watch it up close and personal in living color mm-hmm. in all these women that we get to work yeah. with. Yeah, it absolutely. just blows me away. So, thank you so much for taking a few minutes and coming to this kitchen table here in this eclectic, amazing venue that we're at for this three days. In your typical Seattle rainy weather. Yep, it, it's been beautiful for the I last know, two days, I but know. today, back is the rain. I know. I don't think I've seen rain in a year. Yep, well, being in California, yep. Yes, we need it. Well, thank you for um, taking some time this morning, Athena. It was good for my soul to talk to you. Amen. All right, we are back with another team member of the She Writes for Him leadership team. 
Cynthia Cavanaugh is with me now. Uh, welcome back to the All Things Podcast, Miss Cynthia. Well, thank you, Athena. It's always an honor to be with you. Oh, we're Hang super out. excited. <laughs> super excited. All right. So, um, we are kind of being up close and personal with our She Writes For Him team and our audience talking about Romans 8.28 and how God is, has recently worked that in our lives and more on a personal basis than on uh, writing and publishing and, and those types of areas of our lives. So, Miss Cynthia, I know you are always having Romans 8.28 <laughs> moments in your life because God is just that good. He and is faithful. He is faithful. So... Why don't you give our listeners uh, a little new insight into who you are and how God has worked that in your life? Sure. Who likes to wait? Now, we can't see your faces, but raise your hand wherever you are. Who likes to wait? I don't see any hands. I don't think I would see any hands. Nobody likes to wait, right? Well... My story actually took place several years ago. This is not a recent one, but it's very significant because of the day today. Today is November 3rd, and along with all the other interesting things that are happening today, Mm -hmm. this is also um, my middle son Jordan's birthday. And Jordan is pretty much a miracle baby, and we had our first son, and then I uh, was pregnant And uh, after Jeremy, our oldest, was three years old, and we lost that baby. And so after that, I could not get pregnant for the life of me, no matter what I did. <laughs> I couldn't get pregnant. So I went through a series of infertility tests, and it was, it was a hard journey every time. You know, so my heart goes out to um, any listeners that want so bad to have a baby, and they do everything and they can't do it and it just doesn't happen for them and every month you get disappointed it's and then you know you have a few friends that go along for the ride and then after a while they're they're like they don't want to hear it anymore right so you feel very alone so what does God do during those times he's so faithful he becomes he has to become your very best friend and lean in he's the only one that's really gonna understand your friends are your husband isn't you know it's just it's tough and so I I have a Bible, actually, that is totally marked up with dates on it of how God spoke to me monthly every time I would get that pregnancy test or my cycle would happen and and knowing that it wasn't happening. And and then trying to balance with being grateful. At least I had one child, you know, and a lot of moms don't have that opportunity, but I had that child. And and so um, I did get pregnant. Um, Our kids are six and a half years apart in that and I did get pregnant but then I started having issues like same kind of thing ready to miscarry the baby and so I was put on bed rest. I was told that I couldn't move. (laughs) Just get up to go to the bathroom and that's it. Couldn't move, had people in and out of our house doing things for several months. That was humbling in itself, right? Mm -hmm. I just had to lay there and you know, watch TV and read and just pretty much just stay there. And so we had several close calls where thought we were going to lose him, and um, but we didn't. And he was born early. He was born a little bit early, but 
when I held him in, he was just this little tiny thing, five pounds, right? Mm. And I held him in my arms and just was so thankful to God that he had answered my prayer. But I think the hardest thing for me, my Romans at 828 in that, seeing God's faithfulness is that I didn't have control over it. You know, so many things we think we have control over, we can maneuver things, we can manipulate things, so it kind of turns out in our favor. This is something I had no control mm. over. And I fully had to trust God, and and He really met me in His Word. So that Bible is going to my son someday. <laughs> I still have it. I show him, and I show his, his kids, of course, too, but just to see the faithfulness of God, of Him, how He spoke to me, how He prepared me, how He, I'm here, like, I have good plans for you, and so yeah, that was several years ago. Now he's a big boy with family of his own. Wow. And to think that, you know, going through the miscarriage and then what seemed over and over the failed um, attempt to get pregnant and with all the infertility, uh, I don't know if it's, uh, whether you're just having to follow certain procedures or they give well, you yeah. drugs or and drugs. Oh, okay. I mean, they do. I mean, I did everything short of in vitro. Okay. You know, everything short of that. Right. And so, and it's, it's challenging. It's taxing physically. It's taxing emotionally. It's taxing spiritually. <laughs> and you know, you're, you're pretty much alone. Those of you that are listening that have struggled with infertility, you will know that it is a lonely journey. I mean, because people, if, you know, they haven't experienced it's it's really hard, right? And, and people, I think the hardest thing for me is people would, you know, they're trying to encourage you, but it's just not doing that. It's actually the opposite, yeah. right? Like they're spiritualizing, well-meaning, yeah. well and um, yeah, it was, it was, it was tough, but God was faithful, and I love going back and looking through the through my Bible and seeing the different dates when God actually gave me hope and just to trust Him, no matter what the outcome. Right? right. I had to get to that place. Right. I had to get to that place. Well, and to just see, you know, you had you got your miracle baby after. I mean, there was a lot of pain that burst then. Yes, that? literally birth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And precaution around that. And then the funny thing about here's the God's sense of humor. So when Jordan was about oh six seven months old, I got I, we were on this camping youth trip, and I got really sick. You know, like I'm nauseous and all that. Never even crossed my mind that I'd be pregnant because it took so it was so hard for me to get pregnant. So I get home. I still this is lasting. Think oh I'm, I must have some terminal illness. I'm just really not what's going on here right so i went to the doctor and the nurse says she goes well maybe you're pregnant i'm like oh there's no way i'd be pregnant there's absolutely no way right and sure enough she took the test they called me guess what and i'm like i just sat down and i'm like you're kidding me like so it was like <laughs> we call our youngest son it was like god was saying well okay here we go <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was done. I mean, I just thought it would. I was so happy to just have two. I just never thought God would bless us. I actually wanted four kids, and so we have our four. But our fourth one is our second of the four is is in heaven, yeah. and yeah. so wow. 
I love that. And that's, you know, it's, it's just so cool to have, you know, each different member of the team bring a different piece to this podcast today that spotlights how good God is that he does work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes, even though they don't necessarily look like we think they're going to look or they, it doesn't pan out like we envisioned or whatever, he's still doing it and he's still glorifying his name yes. as he does. And so thank you, my friend, for oh, being sure. with us today. And I'm going to do the last little segment here and we will, um, yeah. I, I love just giving glimpses into the real people that are part of this team. And you are certainly a significant one, so thank you, my friend. Well, you're welcome, and I appreciate you and all that you bring to help us share all this. It's good. It's good for us to be real. We need to be real because our listeners are walking through stuff, and when I think we share, we help lead the way for all that authentic authentic piece. Yeah, we're giving them permission to talk about their hard places. Yes. Amen. All right, my friend. All right, well, I guess it is now my turn as the fifth person on the leadership team for She Writes for Him. I oh, I think my Romans 8.28 story, I have so many of them that uh, I could go on for days. Uh, all of the ways that God continues to work all things together for good in my life, it just stuns me. But um, I think what is the most fitting is just the fact that the pandemic, I mean, here mid-March, actually early March of this year, uh, everything was canceling. Mount Hermon canceled, uh, Right to Publish canceled, the Northwest Christian Writers canceled their conference, Uh, She Speaks, Speak Up, all of the conferences that I normally went to and was on faculty for, they all canceled because of COVID. And um, just it blows my mind to look back and see how that caused us as a company to pivot to offering She Writes for Him events. I mean, we had the She Writes for Him compilation book, but we hadn't ever really had on our radar the She Writes for Him boot camp or the She Writes for Him conference as a virtual conference. That wasn't even on our radar. And how God used that pandemic where people were forced to stay at home, they had all this extra time, they wanted to offer hope, they wanted to be encouraged. And for God to use that trauma, that national trauma in our country, to use that and work it for good for those of us who love him and are called according to his purpose and needed to be just encouraged and filled with hope and renewed through this conference, which happened to so many people. 
it just blows my mind at how faithful God was to take that very pivotal moment in history and turn it to good in Redemption Press within the whole She Writes for Him vision that he'd given me and that movement that he'd just planted in my heart. And, you know, I look back and think of all of the women who said that three-day event changed their lives. It wasn't just a writing conference. It was a spiritual renewal. And I am just blown away at what God did and what he wants to continue to do under the banner of She Writes for Him. So I would like to share with you all our 2021 lineup for She Writes for Him. I've just got the initial uh, three events I want you to write down on your calendar so that you can pray about being involved. The first one is our next boot camp. We just finished up a boot camp with 21 ladies. That was absolutely incredible. And uh, our next one is scheduled for February 3rd. So it will start just, you know, right, pretty much right after the new year gets going. So if you are interested in being part of that, or you know someone who should be, the uh, website to go to is SheWritesForHimBootCamp.com. Then we have two incredible virtual conferences scheduled for next year. Uh, the first one is March 12th and 13th. So instead of a three-day conference, it will be a two-day, Friday, Saturday. And it will um, take the writing and publishing element. So we're going to confine it to writing your story and publishing. And then uh, we're going to do that one. And then we're going to do a separate one later on branding and marketing. So let me give you these dates so that you can get it down on your calendar. Uh, the first one, which will be March 12th and 13th, is going to be called the Brave Heart Virtual Writers Conference. And the reason we named it Brave Heart is because we are equipping you, you women out there who have a difficult story to tell where God has come in and redeemed and restored. So we are um, calling that Braveheart Virtual Writers Conference, sponsored by She Writes for Him. It will be two days, and we are nailing down our keynote speakers and our faculty as I record this. So that will be uh, details will be coming soon. In fact, if you will go to the She Writes For Him conference.com, there is a um, link that you can you can click on to be on the mailing list to be updated when we have uh, more details about our speakers and the pricing. So mark your calendars, March 12th and 13th for the She Writes For Him Brave Heart Virtual Writers Conference, and then May 7th and 8th, 
for the She Writes for Him branding and marketing conference. We will have a separate landing page, I believe, for that one, um, but we're getting the uh, initial writing and publishing conference up first, since that is the first one for 2021, but I wanted you to have both of those dates so that you could mark your calendar, save those dates, because let me tell you, I know that God will just deliver once again over and above what we could ever imagine or even think of in our time together as we pursue him and glorifying his name together with the story that he has allowed us to live. And um, we want to steward that story and that pain well by offering uh, an opportunity to glorify his name with not only the experience that you've had, but the redemption that you've received. And uh, so we are super, super, super excited as the She Writes for Him leadership team to encourage you all to come along with us again in 2021. We are going to have some incredible times together as we journey together through this writing and declaring his faithfulness process that we will do together. So thank you for joining me today on the All Things Podcast. It has been a delight to give you a little bit of insight into our amazing team of ladies who help me uh, navigate all the different aspects of this She Writes for Him movement. And there are some exciting new things, uh, additional new things that we are going to be announcing for 2021. But uh, I will leave it here for now and just say thank you so much for being with us today. God bless you and God bless your family and God bless our country. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd like to recommend the Redeemed and Restored podcast that I host over on my YouTube channel on video and on audio as well. Check out AthenaDeanHoltz.com for details. So thank you for listening today. And I'll see you next week as we continue to spotlight our Romans 828 God who really does work all things together for good. Bye for now.